we're always told like, suck it up, like, especially men suck it up. Don't show your emotions, but women, you know, it's like, hold it together. Don't be a crybaby. So we shove everything down. And then when we have a really, really big life event, and it can be, you know, any number of things, losing a job, getting a divorce, death or loss of a loved one, that lid comes off and everything that you haven't grieved comes to the surface. Welcome to the Persistence You podcast with Lisbeth, and that's you as in university. But we're much more of a community here. I'm your host, Lisbeth Meredith, author, speaker, and online teacher. Each week, I'll be delivering stories from amazing survivors and strivers, all threaded together with a dose of persistence. So glad you're listening. Hi, Persisters and Brothers. It's Lisbeth, and I'm really looking forward to speaking with Sharon Hughes in a few minutes. Sharon Hughes is an author and a podcaster. She also coaches. And what we'll be talking about today is a a little more PG than normal because, and that's absolutely fine. I just want to let you know in case you have kids in the car and you're driving along or if you're triggered by such conversations, but Sharon is an amazing survivor of sexual abuse and abuse in her family history. And today she is super triumphant and very happy person who, uh, well, I should say joyful perhaps, but uh, who is considered a comfort. She calls herself a confidence coach and Her podcast and her writing, Girl in the Garage, uh, has everything to do with healing and being confident and moving forward to do and become all of the great things that a person could want to be, you know, whether it's living a normal life after surviving trauma or accomplishing something ordinary or extraordinary. There's no wrong answer here, but feeling confident and incorporating those experiences into one's life. That's what she's all about. And she'll talk about how her faith sparked much of her inspiration and her healing. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to the summer, uh, springtime coming. It has been so rainy and stormy where I live But then like days like today, when I open up the window and hear the birds tweeting and see rays of sunshine, I am ever so grateful for, I love fall and I love spring, probably my favorite season. So other things I'm grateful for is that I finished my edits on Grounded and Grit, and they are now being looked over by a beta, another beta reader who is a woman in the right kind of She's my accountability uh, buddy that I made from the 20 books to 50K conference, but she's sort of the exact demographic I was targeting, at least age-wise, for reading Grounded and Grit. When you're an author, you're supposed to always find the most niched audience. And if it's anything like nonfiction and it's at all self-helpy or personal development, you have to explain why you are the right person to write it. So it doesn't mean that she's the right, uh, my accountability friend, it doesn't mean that she's the exact perfect person as far as her life experiences go, but rather she is somebody who at least has had experiences that may resonate with this book. So I'm really excited to get her feedback and get it moving toward you and or your friends. Grounded in Grit is 
all about incorporating hard times from the past with different systems that are practical, affordable, and accessible to help. So, it, you know, when I look back on some horrible things I went through growing up, as well as being an adult, whether it's domestic violence or having my children kidnapped, um, some of those experiences, I really just wanted to get through them at the time. And I think that's normal when we're going through hard times. None of us want to hold on to it forever. But rather than just put it behind me, I learned that some of these experiences once sussed out and healed and really worked through, they could be incorporated in ways that kind of became an asset rather than just something that I don't want to think about anymore. So that's why it's called Grounded in Grit, Turn Your Challenges into Superpowers. In other news, I have some speaking events coming up for Women's History Month. I'm going to put some in show notes, but if you find me at lameredith.com and hop onto my email list, definitely let me know if you want to attend. One or two of them are free, and I would love to have you there. Again, it's virtual, it's free, and it's a fun way to connect with not just me, but there are some amazing women involved in some of these events. I also am looking forward to a university event coming up uh, in Michigan. And if you have a university that's looking for speakers on trauma, resilience, and frankly, persistence, by all means, let me know. I'm super excited to be moving in this direction. Any moment now, Sharon will be here. I look forward to that very much. I also, don't forget, you can write me, hop onto the email list at lameredith.com or find me on my author Facebook. Elizabeth Meredith author should pop up. And leave a comment there. If there's things you like to hear, episodes that really resonate, whatever, love hearing it from you. Thanks so much. Hearing from you turns this into a dialogue rather than a monologue. So I am eternally grateful. Be right back with Sharon. Sharon Hughes, thank you so much for being on Persistence You today with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm excited to be with you first thing in the morning, as we yes. were just saying. <laughs> oh my goodness, 7.30 a.m. in the morning, your time, that is dedication, and I so appreciate this. <laughs> I gave you a bit of an introduction, just to, just glimpsing over some of the difficulties you've overcome, but I wanted to hear a little bit about more about you and your journey as to how you got where you're at today. Oh boy, it's been such a long journey. And you know, and when you're in the thick of it, you don't really know what all the things are. I think right. it's when you get to the other side and you look back, then you're you have a little different perspective and you go, oh wow. But yeah, it's it's been a really long journey. And um, just a little about me, I've probably done everything from bartending to banking to um having an entrepreneurial event of a home decor line for several years. And nice. now, <laughs> now I've got uh, an empty nest and I've got an old cranky cat. And then I just got a kitten that's driving me bananas and I eat way too much popcorn. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> How does your old cat do with a new one? Well, the idea was maybe she'll <laughs> think this is her baby. <laughs> and at first she was mad. 
she was just hissing, even, even slapping at popcorn, which is funny because she eats popcorn, but she was right. mad about that too. So now she kind of likes the baby. The baby adores her. Oh, good. Oh, that is so fantastic. Well, thank you for giving us that. You know, you talked about some difficult things in your writing, the girl in the garage, um, you know, living in a family situation where there was sexual abuse and abandonment and some really heavy topics. Mm-hmm. And um, how did you get through some of that, because when you're going through difficult things, especially as a teenager, it does feel like if I can only white knuckle it through this experience, I'll never look back. But that looking back is so important. Yeah. Well, how did I get through? You know, I I think it was this, it was truly the grace of God. There was just moments when I thought I wouldn't make it. Um, I think when you grow up with so much dysfunction, you think that's normal. And I just didn't know that there was a different way to live. It's kind of funny because my mom had different magazines like, you know, Better Homes and Gardens. For for the young people, magazines are these paper things that you read. (laughs) It's kind of like... Pinterest, but in book form, and they lay on your coffee table. <laughs> Before the online world existed, we used to yeah. pay a few dollars for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would look at Better Homes and Gardens or Women's Day. I, I bet you remember that family circle, you know, it would be recipes, how to pack your kids' lunch, you know, how to talk to your spouse. It was like life advice tips. And I always looked at it and I was like, I want a life that looks like that. I wanted the picket fence and, you know, basically the American dream. And I kept thinking there, there has to be something different. And I honestly, I don't know what got me through except for hope and faith because I was a mess. I was a mess and, and people around me, um, they didn't have the time nor really the desire to ask me what was going on. It's kind of like the world today. Everybody else is so busy trying to survive and pay their mortgage. They're thinking about themselves. They're really not stopping and observing what's going on with other people. Right. And especially young people. I mean, we do have more awareness now, but back in my day, nobody was talking about any of these things. Right. Very grim subjects, very taboo, violence of any kind that happened in the home was no one else's business and we don't talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. And if we don't talk about it, we don't understand the damage that occurs. Mm-hmm. So that's a big transition to go from kind of that secrecy and putting, you know, kind of bootstrapping, putting a good smiley face on to mm-hmm. mm, this needs some attention. How yeah. did you get to the place was, you know, when, after you moved household to household, because I remember hearing that you had you had to leave the home for various reasons. Mm-hmm. At what point was your point in which you're like, no, this, we have to pay attention to this and talk, you know, reflect, write, mm-hmm. or talk about it. Mm. You know, I don't think it happened until I was in my late forties. So uh-huh. yeah, decades later okay. and, you know, things coming full circle, being in marriage counseling, starting to ask some questions, starting to read books and go, okay. oh, wow, you know, some something else is going on here. And, you know, it was kind of interesting as I came across this book by Holly Girth, it's called You're Already Amazing. She is a Christian writer, but she was the first person that I had ever read a book that said, 
you know what, you're okay the way that you are and, and God loves you the way that you are. Right. Because I had grown up with the, you know, fix yourself up, clean yourself up, get it together, and then you can come to church. Right. In fact, my older brother, he's a lot older than me. He he was a hippie and, you know, long hair and, and torn jeans. What's totally in vogue nowadays, but <laughs> in the seventies, you know, you, you just, that was not acceptable. And he was asked to leave church, which is horrifying. Right. I mean, I have no time for people with the religious spirit. Right. I just, I just don't. It's like asking someone to show up at Weight Watchers at the right body mass index. I mean, that makes no sense. We can exactly. help, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was, it was years later and I read Holly's book and I was so blown away and I reached out to her on Facebook and she's so gracious. We started a conversation. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I said, you know, I've always kind of like thought that way and asked the big questions and wanted to do the the personal development and that type of thing. And she goes, well, why don't you go back to school? And I was, so I was in my late forties and I said, I'll be a hundred years old by that, by the time I finish uh, all the schooling and then do your clinical hours. And she goes, well, then why don't you become a life coach? And she introduced me to where she had taken a certification. And that was when my life really changed. I worked with this wonderful woman and as she was teaching me to be a good coach, I was starting to peel back the layers, the layers, you know, like doesn't, what is, it's a Shrek saying, what is that Shrek saying about peeling back the layers? I don't know. The young people will know. <laughs> I forgot it was too long ago, but I love Shrek. Um, anyway, it was peeling back those layers and just going, wow. Okay. These things are starting to make sense. Like why I, why I thought this, why I did this. And I broke wide open. It was like face in the carpet thinking like everything was coming to the surface. So then I really thought I'm not going to get through this. Like, how am I going to do this? Because at the same time I was closing my international wholesale home decor business that had just been such a joy of my life. I was going through a a divorce after 20 years. So Mm -hmm. everything was going on. Right. It wasn't just one thing. Like I think we as humans, we can navigate one thing pretty well, but when you've got a whole bunch of them, it gets rough. And these are identity changers too. Your marriage, a huge role of identity, you know, your business identity, you know, so it really can send you into who am I? Yeah. And at that time, I started to realize that I had a problem that I needed to grieve. I needed to grieve the childhood that I didn't have. I needed to grieve the parents that weren't available to me. And I took a grief course and I was so blown away to learn that when you don't grieve and look at our American culture, like we're always told, like, suck it up, like, especially men, suck it up. Don't show your emotions. But women, you know, it's like, hold it together. Don't be a crybaby. So we shove everything down. And then when we have a really, really big life event, and it can be, you know, any number of things, losing a job, getting a divorce, death or loss of a loved one, that lid comes off and everything that you haven't grieved comes to the surface. Wow. That's how I knew like this was bigger. Like you've probably heard of like dark night of the soul. It was yeah. like dark days of the soul, like crying mm-hmm. so hard that you're just like throwing up. You can't breathe because you're so snotty and thinking 
I, I am literally not going to live through this next, you know, 10 minutes. Like how, how am I just going to get through this moment here? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. it was pretty intense. <laughs> but what that had to be a little bit cathartic as well. You're reaching out, you're thinking about how can I serve other people and the process of getting that education, you're really learning about yourself, which yeah. is pretty wonderful. Um, yeah. I could have, you could have gone a lifetime putting a, a pretty bow on that, not even meaning to yeah. and skimming these details. So how wonderful. Yeah. So then what happened? Oh my gosh. I was laying in bed one morning and I was praying and I was like, God, I am not going to make it through this. And I heard him just as clear as you and I are talking. He said, what are you believing about yourself? And I was like, are you kidding me? You know, all the things. And he said, is it true? Game changer, complete game changer. I knew right in that moment that everything I'd believed about myself from my childhood and the things that people had said or, you know, implied about me that I had believed was big fat lies. And I took those two questions so seriously, started applying them, of course, to my life on the daily, but I took them into corporate training. And I couldn't believe it, the breakthroughs that people were getting in corporate training of all places. Everybody is dragging around things that they believe about themselves that aren't true. And when you let go of it, the whole world turns. It's like new opportunities, new choices, a new way to live opens up. It's amazing. That's beautiful. Absolutely. So that's pretty powerful. So did you start coaching and then write your book or how did, which order did that come? Yeah, I started coaching and then I wrote my book. I didn't think I was going to write the book that I ended up writing. I always wanted to be a writer. I always thought, oh, there's a book some, somewhere in there. But I had went to a speaker's retreat and I had something very nice and safe prepared. And everyone was supposed to come up on stage, give their three-minute talk, and um, they would videotape you. So you're getting that kind of feedback, and then they would critique you and tell you where you needed to improve and what to change. And when I got to this hotel, I started to feel like the nice thing that I had prepared is not what I'm supposed to be talking about. And I oh, was, no. in, I, I know it was, it was a huge thing. I was, I call it's it terrifying. I was arguing with God in the bathroom. I was in this gorgeous hotel. And so I'm pacing the floor in the bathroom thinking like, there's no way I can tell my life story in three minutes and make an impact. Like, how can yeah. I do that? So I start calling friends nobody's available. I'm like, Hey, I really feel like God's telling me to tell my story. And, um, this is really freaking me out. And I'm getting messages back that are like, sorry, going to dinner, just do it. You'll be fine. And I'm thinking, no, no wait a minute. You're not quite understanding what I'm going through here. <laughs> and you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. Another person was like, Oh yeah. Praying for you. Just do it. If God told you to do it. Just do it. And I'm right. like, okay, great. So I did it. And when I walked off the stage, I was like, that's the book. The book is The Girl in the Garage, Three Steps to Letting Go of Your Past. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I thought, well, if I don't put it on social media right now and say, hey, guess what? I just figured out blah, 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 then um, I probably will chicken out. So I did. I took to social media right away. And I thought if it's out there, somebody will hold me accountable. And that was the birth of the book. 
Wow. That is fantastic. That took an act of courage, but you knew you needed that accountability. So you set your intention. Good for you. That's very exciting. Very exciting. Then the pandemic came. So I'm glad you're reviving (laughs) talks about your book because that's, that's really fantastic topic. So what are you doing today uh, as far as coaching and work? Are you still working with businesses and individuals? Well, more with individuals. I get asked to speak a little bit to businesses, more around leadership and communication. And I love that, but my heart is so for helping women just let go of the things that they've been dragging around and just get free and see what's possible for themselves. Yeah. That's exciting. It's so exciting. And then the podcast, when did that happen? Oh gosh. I think I started the podcast in, I think it was 2019. Okay. And it, yeah. And it was just so fun. It's so fun to connect with people just like you and I are doing here. And the podcast started off as living a limitless life. That's a lot Mm -hmm. of L's. It's very, very hard to spit that out sometimes. And I started to realize there's a lot of people that have podcasts talking about a limitless life. And just as things evolved with me, this this phrase kept coming to me called to confidence, called to confidence. And I said, oh, I think I'm supposed to rebrand. So now the podcast is called to confidence. And, And I just believe that you and I and everybody listening is called to confidence. We're not meant to just be, you know, cowering and worried and frustrated about what we have to offer and bring to the table. We need to come boldly to the table with our skills and our giftings. Oh, I think that's a great title. Where can people connect with you to learn about your coaching or your online courses or your podcast called to confidence? You can go to sharonhughes.net forward slash hello, and you'll get a, a list of all the things. <laughs> I love it. And Sharon, just before we uh, do wrap up, what are three of the things that you definitely talk about in your book? Yeah. The first thing is, is of course, this is my, my very favorite saying is believing a lie is just as powerful as believing the truth. Mm-hmm. So think about what you might be believing that isn't true. And you need to you need to have discernment because we want to we want to make sure that we're holding ourselves accountable too. If there's something that we're doing that we need to correct or let go of, then we need to do that. But we need to do it with grace, not with being, you know, self abusive and shaming ourselves. The second thing is to realize that you have the power of choice. You get to choose everything. Today, you're choosing, you know, are you grabbing your your regular morning Joe? What are you going to eat for lunch? You even decide what socks you're going to wear. Okay, so those are the silly things, but that's just to illustrate that you get to choose literally everything in your life. So what are you choosing for you? What are you choosing for your loved ones? And then the third thing is, you know, who would you be if you could let go of all the things and start making better choices? What's possible for you? That sounds wonderful. Who would you be if you could let go of some? That is a great question to end on. Thank you. Thank you so much for being oh, here pleasure. today with us. Thank you so much. And for much. sharing about your journey. And I encourage listeners to pick up a copy of uh, Girl in the Garage. And what's the subtitle? Three Steps to Letting Go of Your Past. Oh, and also listening to Called the Confidence podcast. And thank you, Sharon. It was a pleasure having you here today. 
Oh, thank you so much. You're just a joy to be with. It was fun. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed it, feel free to leave a review. And if you've really, really enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe. And I'll see you next week. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.